This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. For the best Ravens coverage, it's time for News from the Nest with Vinny and Haney. Sponsored by Hillside Lawn Service, the experienced lawn care specialists. 1057 The Fan. This is a challenging place to play. It's loud. This team we're playing is really good. And I thought our guys just played a, a great football game to come out here on Sunday Night Football and win the game. Just proud of the players, the way they played. I thought the fourth quarter uh, was a statement. We put an exclamation point in the fourth quarter. Defense getting the stops and offense finishing it at the end there. So just proud of the guys. So many guys deserve credit. I'm sure we'll get to them as we as we answer the questions and stuff like that. But um, defensively, I think, deserves an extra, extra shout. Uh, Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7 The Fan, getting you some news from the Nest. Cordell Woodland in for Bob Haney here with Vinny Serrato. Quick draw McGraw behind the glass. You just heard John Harbaugh there after the 20-10 victory over the Chargers, giving his players props for the way that they played in the victory last night. He mentioned the offense closing it out, which I thought was a was pretty fitting considering how well the defense had played all game. It, I it would have been great, you know, I'm sure the defense wouldn't have mind going back out there and, you know, putting a cap on the game at the end. But uh, it was good to see the offense make a big play to to kind of reward the defense for their effort last night. Yeah, no doubt. Offense makes a big play um, to kind of seal the deal. And everybody, you know, could take a deep breath. But, I mean, when you look at the fourth quarter – that's that's the one that the Chargers went into it with the 19 plays, mm-hmm. and then Clowney makes the biggest play of the game in the fourth quarter because I mean they're on the Baltimore 16 yard line. Yep. So they're gonna get points, and and what is it at that time? 13 10, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean at least they're gonna be 13 13, and then the Ravens come out of it. Gus Bus goes for five. Jackson incomplete, incomplete, and then they punt. You know, they go three and out in the fourth. And then um, then they the then the Chargers get the touchdown. Right. Otherwise they could have had I mean, they could have scored a they could have had It could have been different. It would have been a tie game. Thirteen I mean, and, all. And Harbs called that, that nineteen play drive that Clowney got the uh sack uh, that the the strip on. He called that, you know, the 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 game-changing moment of the game. No I doubt. Mean, it, it really won them the game. It's pretty deflating to give up a 19-play drive, but it's, it, that, that, that that deflation went to the other side uh, once, the, once the Ravens get that turnover. Yeah, because, I mean, they had the ball third and 14 on the Baltimore six. They had a, 
first and 10 at the Baltimore 12. Yeah. And, and then, then go get, backwards. And they went backwards, right. And then the Chargers, they then Ravens go three and out. And then um, Chargers go right down the field again, score a touchdown. And then uh, the Ravens come out on the 25, and then they, they drive it. They drive it all the way down. I mean, it was a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten play drive. Mm-hmm. Ten play drive, and Tucker misses a forty-four yard field goal. I mean, you talk about demoralizing. Yeah. You know, then the Chargers they got to be jacked up because they're only down three points. Right. And that's where I started to get the feeling of uh oh, here we go again. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. They go Eckler for a minus one, Herbert deep pass. For 17. That that's when I go, uh-oh. You know, because then they got first and ten at the 15, right. incomplete, short middle to Guyton for four, two-minute warning, you know, and then uh they they shut them down. But yeah, it, it got it got a little tense, and then and then the Ravens slammed the door there at the end. So yeah, it was it was good because to me that was like probably playoff atmosphere type game on the road. And you know to play like that defensively and stuff, I, I think that was that was huge. And Lamar called it a playoff type of atmosphere um, out there as well. Let's hear more from John Harbaugh. We've talked a lot about him not challenging the Lamar run and the Aguilar play, and then deciding to challenge on the lateral. Well, here's Harbs answering all of those questions. We had, I'll say this, we had trouble with the down and distance and, and the, what the spots were pretty much the whole game, just understanding what it was going to be. The Lamar run, I'd say, no, we could see that one. It, it did look short to us. Um, the Aguilar one, we thought was a first down, in all honesty. Anytime they have a play like that where you kind of got a forward pass lateral on the run, those are hard to execute and not be down downfield. So, no, we didn't see it. We didn't get a good look on TV. They certainly didn't show it on the board because we're on the road. But we thought it was a big enough play and there was a chance, a really good chance that it was going to be a forward pass. I just don't like that reasoning. I mean, first of all, he uses a challenge on what he deemed a a play that nobody can execute. In the second half, you 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 blow a timeout in a game that they they just showed the highlight on NBC. They're in the fourth quarter with one timeout. I mean, if, if the Chargers end up scoring and they go up 17-13, they could be in trouble now because yeah. going back to that challenge. Now, now, Cordell, Music City Miracle was basically the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it was. And that was, it that was. was good. So the, the thing, though, that he said was when we, when we saw it on TV. Okay, so you had to have seen the other two plays on TV because they were saying the first down. Right. That That's what doesn't make sense. You know, whoever's upstairs watching the TV – has got to be saying it's a first down. Throw the flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then they would have had a first down. Definitely missed opportunities uh, on those plays. Let's switch gears. Let's go to Lamar. Let's hear from Lamar Jackson. Zay Flowers gets the two touchdowns and the win. Here's Lamar talking about Zay. How I would describe the impact he's had is right on time. Every time he, he did something, it was right on time. You know, it was perfect situations when he – Scored, made the touchdown catch, um, and that run, like I just said, and just need to keep doing it. You know, keep getting the ball in his hand. Uh, not just him, but all our receivers. You know, Bate, Bate is a great receiver. Um, Ob, Nelly, got to get everybody involved because those guys catch the ball and make magic. I agree. 
uh, with Lamar's assessment of Zay that he is a right on every time he does something is right on time. My thing yep. is it needs to be more right on time type of situations because I think Zay needs the ball more and he needs the ball in more ways than I think that they're getting it to him. Five catches on 25 yards and a touchdown. I think Zay is better than the stat lines that he has been putting up this year. I think the Ravens have multiple guys on this offense that are better than the stat lines they're putting up. And I'm acknowledging that they're spreading the ball out more, but I just think that they could get more bang for their buck even when they do target Zay. I, I don't mind them getting it to him quick to make to allow him to make a move, but you got to find a way to start opening it up and getting the ball to guys like him, Bateman, and Beckham down the field. Yeah, I, I agree. They're trying to get it to him in space and take advantage I, of his I, run I skill. It. Yeah, so I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I just kind of wish they would use, take a couple shots right. with, with him right. and Bateman. Yeah. Force the defense to, to play over the top every now and then. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Kyle Hamilton, NBC, they couldn't stop talking about Kyle Hamilton last night, and rightfully so. He he was honestly one of the big stars of the game last night. Here's Kyle Hamilton talking about the defense's performance. We've been in that position and not came out on the winning side more times than we have won it the past two years. And guys stepped up big. You know, Arthur Millette came at the end, didn't play a lot today, came in at the end, did his job. Um, Broderick Washington, shout out to the offense for getting it done as well. Um, we are up three points, could have given the ball back again, but I mean, shout out to Zay. Yeah, uh, defense played phenomenal. And he mentioned Arthur Millette, who gets the uh, sack late in the Played game. seven plays. That nickel blitz is there for them whenever they want it. Whenever they want it. I mean, they do a really good job of that nickel corner kind of hiding behind the edge guy a little bit. Because every time he blitzes, he's untouched. I mean, you can go yep. to any of them. The Kyle Hamilton nickel blitzes, the Arthur Millette nickel blitzes. It doesn't matter. They're coming through untouched. They, I think Mike McDonald has done a great job scheming those blitzes up. I, I agree. And, you know, the thing that they always mention is guys are unselfish because a lot of times you're basically picking your mm-hmm. guy so the other guy can come free. You know, you know you're know, you not the guy who's getting the sack. You're the guy right. who's helping the other guy get the sack. And people don't seem to have a problem with that. To that point, Patrick Queen, he caught a, uh, some flack for oh, the open gap. I mean, yeah. he, he had the sack right and he there. Goes over and... But he, he put it out on Twitter that he was trying to get mad at BK a sack, so he went to you know get the pick where he really didn't have to. But that's just a testament to what you're saying. Guys are on that side of the ball are definitely playing uh, for each other right now. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll play a little buy or sell. We'll check in on the stock market. Also bring in my guy, Quick Draw, answer some questions around the world of sports. That's next here on the... Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Fan. Are you buying? Great cash, homie. Or are you selling? I'm not going to buy into that crap. Sponsored by Window Nation. There's so much to love about the fall, especially the return of Window Nation's best offer of the year. Get two windows free for every two you buy. Plus, pay nothing for two years. Call 866-90NATION or online at windownation.com. 1057 The Fan. 
Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7 The Fan. Cordell Woodland in for Bob here with Vinny Serrato. Quick draw McGraw behind the glass. We're playing a little buy or sell versus checking on the stock market. Oh, yeah. The Dow is down 81. Or now it's 78. The S&P is down 2. NASDAQ is up 31. DraftKings up 19 cents. And Under Armour is up 15 cents to 750. We'll actually start here with a little change of pace, a little college basketball. Uh, Feast week was last week. A lot of exciting matchups, particularly in the Maui Invitational. Purdue ended up winning that, and they really cleaned up. Three wins over top 11 teams, Gonzaga, Tennessee, Marquette. As a result, I don't believe it's out yet, but I think we can assume they'll be the new number one in the AP poll when it gets released today. That's nothing new for them. They did spend seven weeks at number one last year Mm -hmm. before ultimately suffering one of the biggest upsets in college basketball history. Uh, Buy or sell, Cordell, Purdue will spend more than seven weeks at number one this season. I'll buy it. I think college basketball, I I, I just think it's open right now. It's very open, and Purdue, like you said, they're they're not, uh, you know, shy about being at the top of the uh, the rankings. This is something that's not new for them. I think Purdue is actually a really good team. I thought they were a good team last year and what it shows, I don't know anything but I, I still think Purdue is a good team this year. The Big Ten is going to be tough as it always is but I, I, I think Purdue will definitely be there uh, when it's all said and done. Over to the NFL it appears the Eagles are going to be parting ways uh, if they haven't done it already with one of their former first round picks, 27 year old defensive end Derek Barnett Going to be on his way out of Philly. He's recorded just three tackles in eight games this season. If you're asking why, his playtime, it's significantly decreased. There's a lot of other guys in that depth chart that have taken snaps from him. uh, And there was an injury that derailed him a year prior. But he's pretty far removed from being the five, six sack a year type of guy he was earlier in his career. As I said, a lot of competition around him. The Eagles certainly aren't uh, pressing for uh, pass rushers, but by herself, Vinny, Barnett still has something in the tank for another team. Um, somebody will take a shot because he's a first-round pick and he's young, and the Eagles, like I said, do have a lot of depth there, so people are always looking for pass rushers. They'll give them, Somebody will give them a shot. How about in the NBA, DeAndre Ayton faced off against his former team for the first time last week, actually had a pretty good game, mm-hmm. 18 points, 8 rebounds, Afterwards, Devin Booker asked about going up against Aiton for the first time. Uh, sort of a backhanded compliment. I don't know if you heard the quote here. Said, yeah. uh, he played extra hard tonight. I saw that. And my challenge for him is to play like that every night. A uh, little bit different tone than I had there, but still <laughs> backhanded. Uh, it does have a point, though. The good performances have been hard to come by for Aiton this season, averaging a career-low 12 points per game so far. Buyer sell Cordell Aiton will finish the year with career lows in most stat categories. Oh, I'm going to buy that. I don't look. DeAndre Aiton is a good talent. He's got the size. He's he's a skilled big man. I'll give him that. Um, but the reality is, I just don't think he's a very good uh, player for what NBA teams wants to do. He can play in the league. I'm not saying he belongs out of the league, but it was a great fit for him in Phoenix, and it's a shame that he wasn't able to make more out of that situation. Now he's in a lesser situation with less talent around him. I don't think DeAndre Ayton is the guy that you can have as like the the focal point of your offense or your team for that matter. 
Um, I, I don't think it'll be a good year for DeAndre, and I'm not surprised by what's going on. We'll go back to the NFL. How about Justin Jefferson? He's been battling a hamstring injury for most of this season, and despite returning to the practice field earlier this month, still hasn't made it back to game action. As far as tonight, uh, looks like he won't play yet again. He's being held back still, uh, but this has led to a lot of questions. You know, hey, what's going on here? You've been on the practice field, but it's not on the actual uh, game field. What's going on there? Some people thinking that maybe he's holding himself back. He doesn't have a desire to be out there. He shot down those claims, but the reality is he's a star player on a mediocre team, doesn't have a long-term contract. Vinny, are you buying or selling that the contract situation is impacting this injury comeback? Uh, It's probably got a little bit something to do with it, but he said he wanted to be 100% before he went back out there. And George Seifert, who was the head coach of the Niners when I was there, He'd always say that the trainer would come in and say, all right, he's ready to go. Anybody with a hammy. He said, give him another week. I, I I don't want him to re-injure it. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with that at all, just because that's kind of what I've been used to with a hammy. You know, when he's re- when they say he's ready, give him another week. And especially they got to buy next week too. So then you've given them two more weeks. And they're playing well. Yeah. You know, they're, they're playing well without him, obviously, they'd be playing even better with Justin Jefferson out there. But it's good that, you know, in the time that he was gone, rookie Jordan Addison has stepped his game up in a big way. Um, So they found guys like uh, Powell out there in the wide receiver course. So they found some other guys that can help them out. So I think when Justin Jefferson comes back, the Vikings have been one of the hotter teams in football. We'll see if that continues tonight against the Bears. But if it does, getting Jefferson back after the back could be huge for them. Because remember, they still have two more games left. Uh, against Detroit. Detroit that'll end up deciding that division, I think, as the year goes on. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, Vic Carucci. We'll have him on oh, okay. the show to talk some NFL with us. A lot going on. We'll check in with him about the Bills' devastating loss to the Eagles yesterday. Also, some other questions around the NFL. That's next here on The Fan. Check back three, four, five times a day for the latest breaking sports news. 1057 The Fan. Vinny and Haney back here on this Victory Monday. Cordell Woodland in for Bob here with Vinny Serrato. Quick draw McGraw behind the glass. We're going until 2 o'clock right here on The Fan. Joining us now via the WGK Law Guest Hotline, we've got, we got Vic Carucci from NFL Radio here to talk some football with us. What's going on, Vic? Hey, guys. It's great to be with you. Appreciate you making some time for us today. Let's start out in Philadelphia where the uh, the Bills took the heartbreaking loss to the Eagles. It feels like the Bills just continue to lose these heartbreaking games. What is it about this team that is kind of stopping them from and it's, it's stopping them from being able to close these games out considering we all know the talent that they have over there. The Bills find themselves in uncharted territory in the standings right now. Yeah, it's it's a very disturbing trend for the Bills when you now are looking at 0 and 6 since 2018 in overtime games. You're looking at 2 and 6 this season in one score games, and and I'm uh, you know where where they couldn't uh, stop the opponent from driving for the winning points, and I'm excluding the opener against the Jets where that was a punt return. It wasn't a drive, right? So. Throw that in, and, and, and the record is even worse when it comes to that. Uh, this team is 
uh, you know, in these critical pressure moments, which is the definition, I think, of, of teams that are championship caliber, win championships, et cetera, um, it's, it's just too often and repeated that we see this. And I think these are failures in coaching, failures in execution, uh, just just a lack of, of a grasp of, of hold, doing the right thing in those moments and and not uh, you know just not succumbing and and it's a problem and it and it really points a lot of fingers uh, at the coaching staff. Hey Vic, when when you look at you know Carolina firing Frank Reich, he's probably the happiest guy in the world today because it sounds like you know Tepper's heavily heavily involved in that situation. Yeah, it's. I, I had a feeling it, it would probably go this way when we saw Bryce Young's struggles early on. And you know, when you when you miss on that pick, which they did clearly, and you know, maybe maybe there's a bright future, but I but I'm not seeing any promise of it. Uh, that is what usually brings down coaches. But uh, you have a ownership that's very heavily involved and. Heavily involved sometimes, uh, and maybe more often than not, usually means when you're when you're not dealing with a heavily involved ownership with a consistently successful program, uh, and even then there, there's probably more than the typical pressure on on coaches. But in in the case of the Panthers, Matt Rule and, and now Frank Reich, um, it, it makes it I think probably difficult to uh, you know to function and and to have your your full command of whatever program you're you're bringing there. So Frank uh, got his second bite at the apple. I, I don't know that he'll get a third one, but um, as an offensive coach, as an offensive coordinator, I, I think he'd still have a, a good future in the NFL. Vic, I want to go out to Denver. Denver wins their fifth game in a row. I mean, this is a team that, you know, we, we thought was just headed to the dungeon earlier in this year. And I mean, they've turned it around on both sides of the ball. I mean, are the Broncos going to make the playoffs? That, it's crazy to think that, right? When we saw, especially when we saw them get to the Dolphins and that, that 70 point number is not going to fade from our memory anytime soon, but credit to Sean Payton for uh, pulling things together. Credit Russell Wilson uh, mm-hmm. for pulling things together and for Sean and Russell to come to this understanding of the type of game and game plan that is going to be best for Russell at this stage of his career. And, and it's, I, I think, trying not to put too much on his shoulders, but just enough and, you know, try get a, get a good running game going, be persistent. Even if the running game is, is, isn't as successful as you want it to be uh, present those dimensions. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing some solid things defensively. Uh, and, and I feel like the players are also believing uh, when early on it was like, okay, we got this new sheriff in town and he's coaching with a heavy hand and we're not seeing the results. Um, I think he's won back the confidence of his players. Hey, Vic, who's the best team in the AFC, Kansas City or Baltimore? You know, I'm still going to say Kansas City. As much as I like what the Baltimore Ravens have done, um, it's hard for me to drift away from the Chiefs. And, and, and even though they don't, you know, we know that there's flaws there. Every one of these top teams, including the Eagles, who have the best record in the league, uh, we see their flaws, obviously. And I just think that's the nature of what we're dealing with in the league. But I give it to Kansas City because 
you know, they've done it. They're, they are the kings. They are sitting on the throne. And, and you've got to knock them off that throne before I'll believe that, you know, they're second to, to anybody. But but uh, I'm not taking an ounce away from the Ravens and, and how, you know, how much that what they did last night in L.A. was uh, that, that, that type of performance, that, that guttiness when you get into those close games, just like we were talking about what the Bills aren't doing uh, in their close moments, the, those cr- crucial clutch moments. Um, I give it to John Harbaugh and, and the Ravens for finding a way uh, to, to not only win, but then you know add on to it and, and add that insurance touchdown. We're talking to Vic Carucci, who joins us via the WGK Law Guest Hotline. It's Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. And, Vic, I want to stay in the AFC North. I want to go out to Pittsburgh. The Steelers, they get the win yesterday over the Bengals. They fired Matt Canada. And the offense comes out and has their best offensive game in what feels like forever. Are you buying what the Steelers are selling right now after that game? They still sit in a pretty comfortable spot, 7-4, and knee-deep in the playoff race. But – do you think the firing to Matt Canada is the difference uh, maker that this team needed? You know, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's uh, multiple situations where we've seen uh, an OC get fired and then the offense starts to, to play better. Um, same thing happened with Buffalo, right, with, with mm-hmm. Ken Dorsey out and Joe Brady coming in. And two weeks in a row, the Bills have, you know, they, they pile up uh, points. It's like 66 points in two games. Um, relative to the Steelers, uh, you know, I still have my doubts about Kenny Pickett and, and the execution part of, of what this offense is doing. But uh, when you are coming into the role, and, and by the way, we know it's not one guy. We know, we know they're, they, uh, Mike Tomlin's divvied that uh, OC position up to a couple of people. Somebody calls the play. Somebody's in charge of the overall design, uh, Mike Sullivan. Uh, I, I, I'm – I don't know about that formula, but uh, but if you're the Steelers and, and you're feeling positive about what's going on, I still see some things that are troubling uh, within that that team and and uh, and maybe some divide there. Uh, the the thing that's that's true about the Steelers or the thing that could carry them is is their defense. Obviously, that's that's where if that continues to be what it is and has been with T.J. Watt and company. Uh, then they're, then they're going to be hanging around uh, in that playoff conversation to the very end. Hey, Vic, you do national radio show for NFL radio and stuff. Tell tell the Baltimore fans here, because we get a lot of calls about fire Harbs, you know, because he misses a challenge here. You know, he missed two challenges last night. But uh, just talk about how what Harbs is thought of nationally. I think there's great respect for John Harbaugh, as there should be. Uh, you, you know, this is he's in that category of consistent success, um, and and it doesn't always go well or go right with every decision or every call. But I, I know he has been, and 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 again, show me a coach who succeeds, and I'll show you a coach that has a great, talented quarterback, and and the Ravens have that, and Lamar Jackson. And the fact that that was resolved and, and you know, uh, how much John Harbaugh was responsible for that finally happening from, a, from that contract situation. And I, and I also will give Eric DaCosta his credit and, and certainly, uh, Steve, you know, uh, Steve Bishotti. I mean, you, you collectively, you've got to do these. You've got to do more things right. It isn't just the, the head coach. But look, in this league, it's a short list uh, of people that you look at 
with that steady hand and that and that consistency of making their teams uh, good and, and and in contention, and you look at them with respect. Uh, and it's you know that that list is Andy Reid. It it had been Bill Belichick for a long time, but he you know we know when when you know in in the Brady Belichick years that was a uh, that that was what that stood for. Uh, you, John Harbaugh. I mean, you, you 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 know go down the list and everywhere else in this league, pretty Mike Tomlin for sure, but everywhere else in this league, um, it's okay. Do you want that situation? Do you want to? have the, the question mark that, that exists. In Buffalo right now, just for example, um, you're looking at people who are absolutely finished with Sean McDermott, the head coach who, who pulled this team out of 17 years of non-playoff seasons right when he got there in 2017, and that was probably by accident, but it happened, uh, and he'll admit that. But consistently being a, a contending football team and then falling short in the postseason, you know, John's got a John's, – last I checked, I, I think they won a Super Bowl, right, under him. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, you know, last I checked, uh, they're – you know, right now they stand record-wise and every other way in great position to possibly have the number one seed in the postseason. What, what is there not to, to like about it? Uh, complaining and being frustrated, I get it. But, but if, you're, if, you're, if, if you think reality is perfection – then you're you're always going to be chasing ghosts. Vic, you're preaching to the choir. Really appreciate your time today, man. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you again down the line. My pleasure, guys. Take All care. All right, thanks, Vic. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll get back to the Ravens. Ravens going to the bye week at 9-3, and three, sitting atop the AFC. We'll look at the, uh, the first half stars for the Ravens, who have been some of the star players for this team in the first half of the season. Well, it's more than uh, halfway through the season at this point, but to this point in the season as we approach the bye week, who have been the star guys for the Ravens? We'll mention them next here on The Fan. Vinny and Haney, two opposites attracted by a paycheck. 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7 The Fan. Cordell Woodland in for Bob here with Vinny Serrato. Quick draw McGraw behind the glass. We're going to 2 o'clock right here on The Fan. Coming up at 1 o'clock, we'll have former Charger and former Turk Sean Merriman joining us to talk about last night's uh, game where the Ravens defeated the Chargers. Probably talk some NFL with him as a whole as well. But we're talking the Ravens. Ravens going into the bye week now following that victory over the Chargers. They go into the bye week nine and three, feeling really good mm-hmm. about themselves. Yep. And we're talking about some of the big contributors for the Ravens to this point in the season. And um, it's a lot to go around, especially. Let, let me just say this. Cordell, because I was in the L.A. paper today, mm-hmm. and this sounds so familiar because we've done it. The Chargers had the opportunity to select Zay Flowers yeah. in the April draft. They met with him multiple times in Las Vegas during the Shrine Bowl, Brandon Staley said. They did a lot of work on Flowers. They took Quentin Johnson instead. Mm-hmm. Flowers had five or seven, blah, 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 you know. And then it says the Chargers also did their homework on Ravens running back Keaton Mitchell. The Chargers sent a national scout, one that's been with the organization for almost a decade, to East Carolina's Pro Day to see Mitchell in person before the draft. Most organizations don't do that unless there's some level of interest. Mitchell went undrafted, which is where things get muddy. 
He got to pick where he went, and his dad played on the Ravens team, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. L.A. could have drafted him in the seventh round instead of quarterback Max Duggan, who did not make the team and spent all season on the practice squad. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound familiar or what? It says, hindsight is twenty twenty, but it's hard to look at how Baltimore won on Sunday and not think about what it could have been yeah. for the Chargers. I mean, look, I, I was telling anybody that would listen during the draft season, I would stay away from Quentin Johnston. I didn't want drops big receivers that drop the ball scared the life out of me. They it just usually doesn't change. And that's what it has been for him yep. all year. It, it wasn't just last night where he had a couple of drops, took, took some big hits, but I mean, he's dropped past. He just Green dropped Bay. a possible Green game Bay winner yeah, against Green Bay. I mean, the dude has bricks for hands and he's, he's fast. He's electric. He's a big target, but if you can't catch the ball, it's all for nothing. So yeah, I mean, to pick him right before Zay flowers, the pick right before Two it went before. Zay. Yeah. I mean, Zay was, I don't mind Jackson's. I, I like Jackson Smith and jig, but I don't know if that's the, I don't know. It, we'll see what happens with Seattle, but he's starting to come on. I do like him. Addison's uh, playing I, really good. Addison, Addison's been really good uh, for Minnesota, but I, I think the Ravens are very happy with Zay. And Zay's one of the guys that I was going to bring up right, anyway. That's why, that's why I was um, and, and I imagine Keaton Mitchell, yeah, too. That's I mean, why he's, like, it was funny that that was in the paper because, you know, how many times had the we've had stuff mm-hmm. like that in the papers around here? Yep, yep, a lot. And Zay is, Zay is a guy that I, I feel like, could give you more than what what he what no you've doubt. gotten from him. I mean, he leads the team in receiving with six hundred and thirteen yards. He's got fifty eight catches, two two receiving touchdowns uh, on the year, and I feel like that number, that two touchdown number, should be much higher. That that's the one that sticks out to me the most. But you know, he leads them in big plays in terms of big receiving plays uh, with nine twenty plus yard receiving plays. He's got nine on the year. That's great. I, I just think that that's kind of. That's what they need to chase with Zay. Just more of those big plays uh, down the field. Well, what I would like for him, Cordell, like after 17 games, like um, 350 yak yards, something like that, or more, somewhere in that vicinity, because he he is, you know, I mean, because Cordell, like like you talked about, like the route last week that he ran that – in and out. I mean, he's so quick and explosive mm-hmm. out of breaks. You know what I mean? The whip route isn't going to be unfair for him. Yeah. And, you know, so um, he can do a lot of things. That That's – and and I think mentally he's probably getting better because he, he was lining up wrong a lot. Right. But I think that's gotten better for him. And I just – I think uh, his ceiling is unbelievable. No, no question. No question. And he's not alone – uh, I definitely, I mean, it's more of these guys, I think, defensively. There's some guys on offense as well. Obviously, Lamar, I mean, they Lamar hasn't been pitcher perfect this year, but they're not here without him. Let's, you know, let's just be frank. Lamar is kind of the still the, the straw that stirs the drink. Um, and he's had his greatness moments, and he's had his moments to where you you, you expect more from him. But I, I do think Lamar playing well for more, t- more times than not is a big reason why the Ravens are nine and three right now as well. And the fact that he's healthy. And and he's learned how to run with the ball. I mean, he's going down all the time. He had, uh, did he take a big hit? He didn't take any hits. I don't yesterday. think I mean, I think the biggest hit Lamar's taken in his career happened a couple of weeks ago. Maybe was it the uh Seattle game uh, may have been where he took that big shot on the sideline. But honestly, I I've, I've always felt like he he runs 
pretty safe. I thought safe. last year he took a lot of – last year I thought he – When he balked up and yeah, he wanted to start testing people. A, he was, yeah, <laughs> taking some pretty big hits. But he's in control. Mm-hmm. He's got control of that offense and, you know, changing guys, tell, tell Bateman that he was lined up wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, so that takes – I think the biggest thing for Lamar is with Giro, he wouldn't let him do anything. Didn't trust him. Giro called every play. So, I mean, if you're Lamar, screw you. I'm just going to play video games, you know. Whereas now, <laughs> you're in charge. Right. It's your offense, baby, you know. So, he's studying and doing all those things, and he's he's involved. And I think he feels like – I don't think he ever felt like Roman had his back. Mm-hmm. And I think that he feels like Giro believes in him, likes what he's doing, all that kind of stuff. And as a player, if that coach really believes in you – and you know you're his guy. You're going to fight your ass off for that guy. On the defensive side of the ball, and there's so many guys we could name. I mean, there's guys on every level. Them as a unit, you could probably just say they've been stars for the first half of the season. Because, I mean, who do you go to? I mean, Matabike's been great. We talked about Clowney. He's been Pierce. great. Pierce has been great. Van Noy's been really good. The, uh, the Queen and Roquan have been out of this world, both of those guys with over 100 tackles. Right now, you've got Kyle Hamilton is playing yep. at a Pro Bowl level. Geno has been intercepting the yep, ball all yep. over the place. Brandon Stevens steps up in a big way when Marlon goes down. And Brandon, I think, has still been the best corner on the team to this point. Yep. It's just so many people you could go to on that side of the ball. I, I just think they are. I don't even think it's a question. And I, and I see what Cleveland's doing. Cleveland's really good in their own right on the defensive side of the ball. But in my mind... I, I think the head the, the Ravens defense is head and shoulders the best defense in football. I don't know head and shoulder just just because they Garrett is elite. Garrett is Garrett is the guy. Garrett is without question the better player probably between both sides. I don't know if the yeah. Ravens have a play a player better than Miles Garrett, but I would take the Ravens unit over Cleveland's unit in a heartbeat. Honestly, I mean I, there's just no flaws. You don't have many flaws. Not that Cleveland does. But outside of Garrett, I feel like everything else is almost an upgrade. Yeah, um, Zadarius is p- pretty good too. You know, their secondary Zedarius has been good. I'll I'll give I'll take I'll, I'll I could take Clowney this year with seven and a half sacks. Yeah, as long as he didn't play opposite uh, Garrett. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You, you put him opposite Owe and Van Noy. Right. You, you you get something out of him. You know and. Uh, the interior guys, I mean, it, it's just every level. Like I said, I mean, Cleveland's a really good defense, yeah. really good in their own right. Definitely don't want to disrespect them, but I, I I, just think when you look at this Ravens defense right now, it just screams Super Bowl caliber defense to me. I don't know that they have a leader like Roquan. Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I don't I don't. I think he's special that yeah. way. I mean, he gets guys to play at a different level, and he leads by example. He, 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 oh, Cordell, when you talk to him, what's he like? Very chill. Roquan's is Roquan's a very chill guy. Uh, is he intense, dude? Not when you talk to him. He's actually always smiling. He's he's all even some of the quotes that he's given out this year. You know, going into some of these matchups, but right. talking about beating people in front of their kids and stuff. Like he he's saying it with a smile. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like. You know, he he's snarling or anything like that. I mean, like I mentioned with Clowney, a lot of these guys, and they've got a lot of reasons to smile on the defensive side of the ball these days. But they're, I guess, so much aggression and stuff on the field. Off, at least at least in front of us, mm-hmm. it's that's not. 
kind of their personality. Roquan's kind of very low maintenance, it seems like. Yeah. When he steps on the field, he's high maintenance. Oh, yeah. V- very high maintenance and a high motor coming behind them. Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, Sean Merriman, former San Diego then they were the San Diego Chargers back when he played. And, of course, a former Terp as well. He'll join us to talk about the Chargers-Ravens matchup from last night. We'll also talk some NFL with him as well. That's next year on The Fan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 